In today's show, we're going to look back at all of the action from Thursday's games. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's Locked On Fantasy Basketball is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965, McDonald's has always been more than a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family from the community can come together. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. Thank you for also making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So, We've got games to talk about. We're going to start off with news, Trade Central, Watfo, and then uh, talk about all the games and then all the big performances of the day. So let's start off with some news. In Indiana, Malcolm Brogdon has been ruled out uh, of Friday's game with a hamstring problem. We don't know how much further than that it's going to go, but that's obviously not a great sign. Uh, TJ McConnell is the guy that we go and add there. Deeper leagues want to look at Brad Wanamaker. It probably helps uh, uh, Chris Duarte as well. Well, Isaiah Jackson hurt his knee. We don't have a full diagnosis on it, but he's going to miss multiple games. That's a shame for Jackson, who I do like long-term for Dynasty. Um, it does help your Bedadze if they're going to use that extra center at all. Bogogas had one really big game this year, um, but it takes that competition out there as well. PJ Washington is doubtful again. It's really hard to consider holding him, considering he's playing badly and he's injured. You can do it. Definitely in 14-team leagues, you would do it. But in a 12-teamer, it's pretty hard to justify holding PJ through these. While Michael Malone, the doctor, he wants he wants more stiffy. He wants Boner. He wants Bones Highland out there more, apparently. He just doesn't know how to do it. Uh, he just needs to find a way, apparently. Surely at some point, it's as obvious as anything to see Faku and Rivers and Dozier have no ability to score whatsoever in that second unit. Now, I don't know if Bones is going to play 20 minutes or he's going to play 10 minutes. Or if Malone's talking out of his ass again and not going to play him. That's a distinct possibility. He did that with Michael Porter in his rookie year. We've got to find more minutes for him. 14 tonight. Let's see what he does with Bones. Um, but just keep an eye on that, especially for deeper leagues, because Bones is uh, exactly what they need in that second unit. And we'll see if Malone has the, the gumption to throw him out there. Fingers crossed that he does. Let's, um, let's look at Trade Central. The most traded player over the last 24 hours is, didn't expect this one, the Padawan, Colin Sexton. These are some of the one-for-one deals that went down with Sexton. He played all right yesterday. Big numbers with Isaac Okoro out. And these, again, the valuations are all over the place. Straight up for Jaron Jackson. Look, Jackson's struggling a bit. I would take um, Jackson there pretty clearly. Straight up for Dennis Schroeder. I'd take Colin Sexton over Schroeder pretty comfortably there as well. But it just shows the valuation differences that people have. Straight up for Spencer Dinwiddie. That's an interesting one. I probably would take Sexton, but I can see them being close. And that really depends on what you're looking for. Whether you're looking for that high efficiency scoring, which Sexton brings, or low efficiency scoring, but with assists that Dinwiddie brings. And that's really the difference there. DeAndre Ayton. 
That's a huge trade. I would, I would rather. I, actually, would I? Yeah, I think I would rather have Aiton or Sexton versus Sexton, and then for Wendell Carter Jr., who's been excellent again, top fifty. Now these guys like Dinwiddie uh, and Carter, they're both ranked ahead of uh, Sexton for the year, whereas the guy you expect to be ranked higher in Aiton and Jackson, they're both ranked below him. No, actually, that's not true. Jackson's not ranked below him. Aiton is. So it is, it is a weird scenario, but he is a guy that's been traded a lot, and you just get some ideas of some of the players that have been dealt for. Well, that only happens in a taco league, Josh. All right, that's fine. Plenty of, plenty of people who listen to this show who are in beginner leagues, plenty of who are experts, been playing forever. Just gives you one idea of guys who are being moved around a lot and the varying levels of value that they may have around fantasy leagues. That's what the purpose of this is. So it's time for the next Watfo. We're going to look at all these at the end of the season to see how I did on them. And for next week's Watfo, drop a comment down below of what you want to put on. For someone suggested, what are the odds? The F stands for Frank. What are the odds that Giannis Antetokounmpo shoots over 70% from the free throw line this season? He's currently sitting at 73%. He's had four or five seasons in his career of over 70. He's been under 70 the last two years. What are the odds that he shoots over 70? I think it's 75% chance that he ends the season over 70% from the line. So tell me what you think down below, but also drop me another Watfo for next week. We'll try and do one of these each day. So by the end, we've got a real big bunch of them to, to go through and see um, yeah, how correct or how accurate I was on those uh, on those sorts of um, those sorts of predictions, guys. McDonald's, we all know McDonald's been around in our lives forever. Like, it's great that they're sponsoring this podcast as well, but it's not just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It is a place that is a central part of the community. You'll know where your local Maccas is. You'll have memories of doing something there, whether that being a trip after school through the drive-through. Or yeah, after a sporting event, or going to a friend's birthday, or taking your kids to a birthday party, or when you're on the road and you're on a long road trip, and you go, "Oh, Maccas, can we just call in and get a cheeseburger?" It's just a sense of community, it's a sense of familiarity. McDonald's brings that to you. So, why don't you head to your local McDonald's to refuel and to reconnect? Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving it. All right. Let's go on to the next part, and that is the top ads over the last 24 hours. And by top ads, I don't mean my sweat block reads or my McDonald's reads. The top additions to fantasy basketball teams. Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Can he get the Kemba noise? Let's do it. Hello. Up 30%. He got the start today for Doug McDermott. He scored all right and didn't do too much else. He is playing at a decent level this season. I don't mind him as a short-term option in 12-team formats. I wouldn't say that he's anything close to a must roster, but he was all right. The Brunson one. Hope everyone added him. It worked brilliantly. 27%. He was great again today. He is providing really solid 12-team league value, and I, I like adding him in 12s. Devin Vassal up 17%. A little bit of a fart noise uh, today wasn't great. I would still hold him just to see what happens. He got the two blocks, but the shot wasn't there. Kevin Love up 10%. I think people are going. Um, I think people are going a little bit too hard on Love. He's fine to stream, but he doesn't need to be rostered in this many leagues. Daniel Tice up 9%. That was a ridiculous reaction to the double-double he had last game. He should not be a 12-team league player. Grayson Allen's up 8%. Absolutely no worries to see Grayson Allen in a 12-team league. But by by far, um, by far he, sh- he, he shouldn't be rostered right across the board. Let's put it that way. 
Um, Dorian Finney-Smith up 7%. One of the best streaming options that's always going to be available in most 12-team formats. Caruso, he probably, for his steals alone, he has 12-team value. And then Jared Vanderbilt. Love that he started. I don't know whether he will continue to start. Chris Finch said pre-game, no, it's just a matchup thing, which was pretty weird to me, a matchup thing going up against the Bucks, who were starting zero centers. So you needed to put both Towns and Vanderbilt out there. I know you put Jared out there to guard... Um, to guard Yanni, but you were playing like Connaughton at the four. Like, they were really small, the Bucks. We'll see what they do, but it was pretty clear that things worked a lot better for the Wolves with Vanderbilt out there versus Akogi. So I don't mind him as like a, a type of flyer. In terms of drops, I think I agree with all of these ones. Uh, Aldridge down 11%. Malik Beasley down 7.9%. That makes a lot of sense to me. He's not a must-roster guy at all. Um, Dougie McDirt down 8%. Marcus Morris down 7%. Carmelo Anthony down 7%. Should never have been added in as many leagues as he was. Um, Larry Nance down 7%. Nemanja Bielitsa down 6%. I can't believe he's still rostered in leagues to be dropped in leagues. And PJ Washington down 6%. All of those guys should not be 12-team league players uh, at, at this point. But yeah, that's fine. They've been, they, they had their little moments or opportunities. Most of them did. Had their little opportunities. But they're not um, they're not great guys to be holding on to under every circumstance in twelve team formats. I think that's that's the best way of uh, of phrasing that. So now it's time for us to go on to the games of the day. The first one of those is the Atlanta Hawks. They lost to an undermanned Washington Wizards. In fact, Sheev. A surprise, to be sure. But a welcome one. I guess it's a welcome one if you are a Wizards fan. They, the Wizards win it, 122-111. Um, let's start with the Hawks. Finally, John Collins wasn't in foul trouble. He had 28-12 and 12 in 38 minutes. Now, it's been a long time since we've seen John Collins play that much. No free throw attempts, but 88 from the field. No blocks. Really just powered by huge efficiency and good scoring. Wouldn't overreact to that, but he's been, he's been good in the limited minutes he's played. 15-13 and 13 for Trey Young with two steals. Inefficient night while... Last two games have been encouraging for Bogdan Bogdanovich. 34 minutes is probably most encouraging there. 14-6-4. He's not quite... Well, he's nowhere near where he was last year. Let's be fair with that. But it's getting better. I'm holding him. Cameron did his thing. 20 points. Triple one. Nice numbers. He's fine in 12s, but I, I, I wouldn't say that he's guaranteed to be a must-roster player. But he's looking solid. Well, I think... I think DeAndre Hunter's a drop. He's a drop in 10-team leagues. I feel confident about that. He looks like rookie DeAndre Hunter and post-injury DeAndre Hunter, not the first 20 games of last year DeAndre Hunter. He can't get enough shots. He doesn't do anything in any, any other areas. In a 10-team league, no worries. He's 180th ranked player this season. If you want to move on, even in 12, I'd be okay with that. I'm not doing that with Clint Capella, though. It's been rough. Absolutely. like It's been rough for him. Um, but... Yeah, we had this worry last year. I went, oh shit, he's got this Achilles problem. And then he was fine. And then I brought this up on a lot of preseason podcasts and said, how worried are you about the fact that he had the Achilles again? And no one seemed to be worried about me, apart from me. And I had him way lower down my list than others. I had him maybe in like the 50s or 60s. A lot of people were looking at him in the 30s. I thought, maybe I'm overreacting to this. And then he looked great on the first game. But since then, he's struggled a lot. Like, he's just not quite the same. I'm not... Dropping him, of course, but he is not a top 125 player so far this year. Yeah, 11 points in 23 minutes with four rebounds and one block. That's really not good. Still still a clear hold, but not good. Lou Williams, 
Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, why is he rostered in so many leagues? He's not even a 14-team league guy, fan of pants. You can drop him as well. For the Wizards, there was no Daniel Gafford. And we thought there was going to be Spencer Dinwiddie because he wasn't on the early injury report. But then, of course, he was out due to the back-to-back. So they started Aaron Holiday. He did nothing. Seven points in 24 minutes. But Bradley Beal and Montrez Harrell carried this team. 27-8-8 for Beal. So if you do have Beal, this would feel a little bit better after some of the bad performances he's had. While the table had 25-13-5, two steals and a block. And he was a massive plus-minus. Now, I am critical of Harrell in plenty of games. He was awesome in this game. He did cop a spill late in the game and had to go off and never came back on. But the... um. The game was over pretty much at that point. So hopefully no worries there. And if Gafford is out or continue to be out, his value is going to skyrocket. He's been great. KCP also, really nice game. 21-8 and eight with five threes. Don't react too much to that, but he's a nice 14-team league guy. While Kuzma played 40 minutes. He had 21-8 and eight and three steals. This is a massive sell-high opportunity for Kuzma. Now, you might look at Kuzma and go, he's been great. He's still not a top 100 fantasy guy. He's 108th. So when Hachimura does return, and then Gafford is back, you know, where does where does he fit in? Because he hasn't been blowing us away despite you know, what some people think he's been doing. I would try and sell him to get anything back. Denny Avdia just continues to stagnate. Um, and Bertans hit three threes. But he he is really no more than a streamer. Hal Neto had five assists and six points in his 24 minutes. Um, it does help that Dinwiddie was out to get him some extra minutes in this game. The next one, the Sixers and the Pistons. Well done to the Pistons for that fight back towards the end. Of course, they still lose the game, but a good fight back. 110-102, Philadelphia wins. Let's talk about this one. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flaming glass. Now, I am pretty critical of Dwayne Casey. I don't think he's a very good coach. I haven't thought he's a very good coach for like 10 years. I don't think I've been doing this 10 years, but as long as I've been doing this, he's been a bad coach. I've got to cut him a little bit of slack here. It's frustrating to see Stewart play just 24 minutes a night this season. He's the 110th ranked player. Just let's get this out of the way now. Do not drop Isaiah Stewart. Don't drop him. Please don't drop him. Don't. Like a lot of you make panic moves. This is not one of them. Do not drop him. He played 18 minutes. He had three fouls in like the first quarter and then had to come out, come out and then they put Luca Garza in, which was interesting. But then down the stretch, the reserves were bringing the, the, the Pistons back into the game. So they just didn't go back with Stewart. Now, it's annoying because you're not there to win if you're the Pistons, but sometimes you can't get a coach on board with not with not winning because you're always trying to push to win. But you know, if we're going to prioritize between Stewart and you know, Linux, you'd want Stewart out there to try and learn in those scenarios. It could be a huge buy low here for Isaiah. There's going to be frustration. He's had quite some, some big foul issue games as well. It's frustrating, but don't panic. Jeremy Grant, the efficiency is bad, man. 14, 6, and 3, but four steals and a block is nice. Cade should alleviate some of that. While Alinek only played 25 minutes, and it frustrates me. It's it's very easy. Every minute that Grant isn't on the floor, Alinek should be on there. And every minute that Stewart's not there, Alinek should be on there. Those three guys should get every minute. There's no need for Trey Lyles. There's no need for Luka Gaza, except in cases of emergency. But we still got an excellent Alinek line. 14 and 5, three assists, two steals, and a block. Like, that's great right across the board, right? They are great numbers, but it's only 25 minutes. He remains a 12-team league guy, and we hope that we can push him to 27 minutes. That would be the ideal scenario. I don't want to overreact. I'm not going to overreact. But when you're dreadful, worst player in the NBA level, and then you play better and look okay, it's worth mentioning. Killian Hayes played 32 minutes. That's a good start. Nine points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, and a block. He still doesn't look good. 
Still, the shooting is off, but at least they played him over Corey Joseph, who continues to look terrible. We're not adding Hayes in 12s or 14s. Probably 16-team leagues, that's about it. While the depressed penis Sadiq Bay had 19 and 6 with four threes, he's continuing to play at a pretty high level. Now, I think Cade will have an impact on him. It might open some things up, but Cade is going to take shots. We know that. Frank Jackson on the bench had nine points, while Joshy Jackson had seven in the starting line. They're both going to hurt when Cade returns as well. And Joseph had nine points with two steals in his 16 minutes. And Diallo, Diallo's just not going to play. Two points in 11 minutes for MC Hamadou Diallo. For the Philadelphia 76ers, 31 minutes for Joel Embiid. 30 and 18, big game from him. Inefficient, but big game. We still worry about the knee. He's listed with knee soreness every single game. He hasn't missed one yet, but you got to worry. And I also, well, I, not I also worry. I also liked what Tyrese Maxey did. Fifth game as an NBA starter. 16, 6, and 6, two blocks, two threes. 75% shooting. They won't be that good, of course, but that's he looked comfortable. Now, when Simmons comes back, it could really hurt him. But to me, he should establish, well, he has established himself as the guy they go to instead of Shake Milton. And he should be a 12-team league hold. He's the 96th ranked player this season, Tyrese. Toby had 17 and 6, the old thick hogsman. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. While we saw, um... We saw Shake Milton get his first action for the year, 13 points in 16 minutes and five assists. Those five assists are encouraging from Shake because normally he's a dreadful passer, but I still don't think he's anything more than a deeper league guy. Seth Curry, we're going to see his rank start to keep falling. He's 83rd now. It'll fall outside the top 100. He had 12 points with two threes. There's just not enough there to maintain as a must-roster guy. Well, Andre Drummond played 14 minutes, two points, four rebounds. Now, I get you have the worry with Drum with Embiid's knee, but realistically, you are only holding him because you think Embiid's going to miss. He cannot produce enough, I don't believe, in those reserve minutes to justify being held in 12 team leagues. And if there was a hot, like if Josh Giddy's on my free agent list and I'm holding on to Andre Drummond just in case, I, I just wouldn't do it. I, I would move on pretty quickly. If my best option out there was Royce O'Neal, then maybe I would hold. But it's just not enough from Drummo yeah, to make me think that he's got to be held in, uh, in all situations. Guys, basketball is back and it's better than ever. So is the new redesigned Bet Online website. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action. So head to that new updated desktop site and use our promo code Locked On to sign up today, and you get a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit from football, basketball, the World Series, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers for the twenty twenty one season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online is where the game starts. And I've also got to tell you about the best tasting protein bar ever. It is, of course, Built Bar. Built Bar comes in amazing flavors. Raspberry, orange, strawberry, salted caramel, mint brownie, cookies and cream, coconut, whatever your favorite flavor, Built Bar is going to have you covered. But it's not just a delicious tasting protein bar. It's also healthy. Four to five grams of sugar, four to five grams of net carbs, 130 to 180 calories per bar, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. These bars are delicious. They're healthy, and you can get them for 15% off. So head to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. All right, let's move on. The third game of the day, the Utah Jazz and the Houston Rockets. Just one, look, just an absolute laugher, really. This was over basically immediately. Um, the Jazz win at 122-91. Like, I don't know what to say for Utah. Don Mitchell had 15 points in 24 minutes. Bogdanovich was questionable heading in. He had 19 in 25 
Gobert had 16 and 14. Clarkson had 16 points in uh, in 24 minutes. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. Mike Conley is still a top 100 player this season, despite playing just 24 minutes here and averaging 28 on the year. 6-2-4, and four. not a great night from Conley, but it was just business as usual. Hassan Whiteside has worked his way into being a solid stream option for 12-teamers. 10-6 and six with a block on 80%. You need a field goal, a block, and a rebound boost. Whiteside's a guy that helps you. And he's just filling that role perfectly, which is a credit to him. Joe Ingles was pretty good in this one as well. 14 points, four threes. He is a streamer rather than being a guaranteed must-roster 12-team guy. The more, more intrigue uh, slides across to the Rocket side of things. The Crucifix, Christian Wood, hit both his free throws. So that is that fixed? It looks like it might be. 16 and 7, two steals and a block in 27 minutes, while Alperen Shengun. This guy is just really good. 24 minutes, 14 and 5 with three steals. He's got a I think he leads the league in deflection rate. He steals it through the roof. It is only a matter of time, I feel, until he is starting. In my mind, he is a must roster player. He is, what, 127th this season in 19 minutes? I think that the top 100 is going to be there. I think you've got to have him, and then you've just got to see what happens when they replace Tice with him. It's going to happen. It has to happen soon. Eric Gordon had eight points in 24 minutes while um, Cousin Kev hurt his ankle early. He played through it and then didn't go anymore. Five points in 19 minutes. We don't have an update on that at this point, but another inefficient night. And safe to say, you know, I, I am probably lower on Porter than most people, but even I've been yeah, let down and he has failed to live up to my expectations. Five, two, and two. You know, I said this the other day on uh, on Basketball Monster. I said, he's not an elite prospect. And people get so up in arms. What are you talking about? So many people think that. Um, and the person who said that's maybe listening to this podcast. Like, but he is not an elite prospect. He is a good prospect who might develop into a good player. At the moment, he is actually a very bad player with a lot of potential, but he is bad. And he can put up stats, but he can also kill you in so many areas. He will be better than this. I can't, I can't state that enough, that he will be better than this. But he is not as good as the Cousin Kev jerk-off brigade thinks that he is. He's impressed by Usman Garuba. Four rebounds, three assists. Just watch him if he ever gets gets run. Or Jalen Green. This is It's, it's going to happen, guys. R- rookies with this profile, it's going to happen. 19% shooting. 13 points, three threes. He had a steal on the block. Just hold him. You're going to go through this rough shit. It's, just, it's, gonna, it's what happens with guards, with rookie guards. Tice had seven points, while the wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, seven and five in 15 minutes. Not a great night from Tate. He's fine if you want him on a 12-team league, but the upside is so low. Like, if I had to choose between Tate and Shingun, I'll take Shingun every day. The upside for Tate is so low. His production varies so much that it really is just hard to justify him as a must-roster guy. Um, I'd be inclined to try Kenyon Martin. I know Martin's more of a four than the three, but like any minutes that Tate gets at the four, I'd give him to Martin. Martin had four and five in 16 minutes. He was really impressive at the end of last season. There's just not a role available at this point uh, for KJ Martin, unfortunately. The next game, the big TNT game. What a stupid game this was. The Knicks get the win over the Chicago Bulls, 104-103. Now, on the pregame show today, my Yahoo best bet was the Knicks winning straight up. They weren't favored. I thought, yeah, I got this in the bag. And then what absolute dumb shit happened down the end, including Julius Randle missing two free throws at the end. And then, of course, the Bulls, to round out the dumbness, go to DeMar DeRozan for the game-winning shot, which he airballed. What a crazy game it was. Let's talk about what actually happened, though. I think Kemba's back. I hope he's back. He looks good. 29-4, five triples, two assists, two steals. 
Again, I think the reports of his demise may have been greatly exaggerated. The double royal, Julius Randall. From the number one player you know, half a week ago, he's dropping down, he's 10th now, because those things that we talked about had no chance of sticking, the ridiculous block rate, have not stuck. He's had one steal and zero blocks in the last two games. 13, 16, and 9. The 16 and 9 are great. The 13 points on 11 shots is shithouse. 70% from the line on 10 attempts is also shithouse. His efficiency cost a lot down the stretch of last season. Um, the usage hasn't really suffered, and he's getting a lot of assists, which did worry me, but he hasn't really corrected some of these other things. Rowan Barrett, nice 20-point game from Barrett, but three rebounds, one assist. It's one of those things with Barrett is that if he has one of those nights where he shoots poorly, is he is he supplementing it anywhere else? And the answer is usually no. He doesn't take enough threes. He doesn't do anything with rebounds and assists or steals and blocks, and he can be wonky from the line sometimes. He's a fringe 12-team category league guy. He's a must-roster points league guy, though. Mitch Robinson blew out his shoe. Had 29 minutes, 9 and 6, 2 blocks. Like just, He's not missing any shots at all. His field goal percentage is huge. He's hurting you in other areas. He's fine to, to roster. Well, Derek Rose, 12 points in 19 minutes. Bit of a disappointment there. And it was a shitty night from the diseased scrotum, Ivan Fournier, who had 10 points in his 33 minutes. But... Let's be fair. Fournier has been awesome this season. I think we can. Uh, I think we can give him a little bit of a pass in that one. On to the Bulls. Nikola Vucevic is Vucevic. Vucevic. Twenty-two, eight, and six with three threes. He actually got to the line four times, which is probably his season total up until this game. And hit shots. Really, really impressive. He's now up to thirty-two on the year. That's solid. While Levine with a busted thumb had twenty-five, six, and three, and DeRozan had twenty and three. Five assists, two steals, and a block. Good production from all those guys who are sort of in the area you would have expected. 32nd for Vooch, 15th for Levine, and 54th for DeRozan. That's about where you expect them. Alex Caruso continues to get steals. He had six assists and two steals, and you probably think that he has to be a 12-team league guy just on the back of that alone. He played 33 minutes with Patrick Williams going down, so keep an eye on that. I think they might start or give him like those 30-plus minutes if Williams misses. Williams is a clear 12-team drop, by the way. I don't know who's still holding him, but there are people still holding him. Well, it was a stinker from Lonzo. Six points on eight shots. He had six rebounds and four assists, but not um, definitely not the greatest night from, um, from old Lonzo Ball. Not much else happening there. Troy Brown played 17 minutes. Alizé Johnson played three minutes. And we actually got six minutes of Tony Bradley as the Bulls. They looked a little bit undersized going up against the, uh, going up against the Knicks in this one. The next game was the Mavericks and the Spurs. What a sh- again, just a stupid game. The Spurs were up 18 to 1. To 1. And then the Mavericks were up 30 to 29. In the end, Dallas wins 104-99. We saw Lonnie Walker starting in place of Doug McDermott. He had 14 points with two threes, but it's a very Lonnie line. Two rebounds, one assist. The steal on the block are really nice, and he has been yeah, a top 100 guy this year. He is fine as a 12-team league short-term streamer for the points. I'm not convinced that he can maintain that value, and there'll be ups and downs there for sure. DeJounte Murray continues to dominate. 23-10-8 with three threes. He looks great. No free throw attempts, and Pirtle's also dominating. 14-13 and 13 with a steal and two blocks. Both of those guys are top 50 players. Wasn't the greatest night from um, Maximum Derek? Maximum Derek. Only nine points, but seven assists, one steal, two blocks. And this is the difference between, say, him and like a Lonnie Walker... Or we talked about um, who's uh, Jordan Clarkson. Is it if the shot's not there, 36% shooting, 
Seven assists, one steal, two blocks. Like, he maintains value that way. He's the 53rd player this season. While it was a stinker from Devin Vassell, just seven points in 27 minutes for him, two blocks. I'm still holding him if I added him, but it wasn't great. Now it's time for the Keldon Johnson discussion. Ah, let's crack some knuckles. You knew that I was massively down on him in category leagues. I said, he's getting drafted like 90, 100, and it's insane to me. He offers nothing outside of some scoring. Have a guess. You might know, you might not. Have a guess where he's ranked in category leagues this season. 206th. I think he'll be better than this, but I'm calling it. I'm, if you got him in a 12-team league, I don't have him in any leagues because I wasn't ready to draft him until it came to round 12 or probably round 13. So I don't have him anywhere. If you do have him, I'd be more than happy to move on. He just is not as good as you expect him to be. Hashtag Olympic bump. <sighs> All right. Um, Bryn Forbes got hot in this one. 15 points with five threes in 20 minutes. As for Calden in points leagues, I'd hold him. All right. He's much better in points leagues. Like 50, 60 spots better in points leagues. You'd hold him in those leagues. But the all the floor... And to be fair, he had two steals. But all the flaws we talk about with him, the low efficiency, low rebounds, low assists, low steals, low blocks, low threes that keep him from being a good category league player have kept him from being a good category league player. Like, it wasn't that hard to foresee. And here we are, stuck with a bloke who's struggling. I think it was on the pregame show today. I was talking about, man, Maxi Kleber. I think he might be done. I think, like, where's old Maxi? He used to be a great player. And then he goes out and has 12 and 10 with four blocks. Oh, sorry, with four threes, six blocks and a steal. And I went, yeah, okay, that's old Maxi. There was no Puzingas. I don't think I trust Maxi to continue to do this, but holy shit, that was awesome. Some streamability while KP is out. Doncic had 25, 3, and 5, and he hasn't really gotten going. He's the 24th ranked player in category leagues. While Finney Smith, 14 and 8, 2 steals. Really nice back-end 12-team value. No upside, so you don't want to have him as a must-roster guy, but there is value in streaming him in in those scenarios. Powell had 11 and 3. Well, Tim Hardaway, you know, the, the antithesis of Derek White. Shot didn't fall, 6 points on 8 shots, and then not much else. Hardaway is the 127th ranked player. He still should be rostered in 12-team leagues, but he just doesn't offer it much. Brunson was great. 19-7-5 with three threes in 30 minutes, and he is a 12-team league guy, while the bloke who I thought has been should have been getting more minutes this year finally got those minutes and did nothing with them. Seven points for Reggie Bullock in 30 minutes with two threes. He's a short-term streamer for his three-pointers while Paul Zingas is out, but I don't wouldn't imagine that this performance would make Jason Kidd and his leadership council want to play him more. Also, again, remember, no Moses Brown uh, playing in this one. So if anyone is still holding Moses Brown in 12 or 14 or 16 team leagues, I reckon you should feel pretty comfortable about moving on from him. All right, so let's move on to the last game of the night, an overtime game between the Memphis Grizzlies and the Golden State Warriors. In my uh, Yahoo betting article today, I said, I'm going to take the Grizzlies plus six, but I think they're going to win outright. I just don't have the balls to pick them. I should have the balls to pick them, shouldn't I? They win 104-101 in overtime after being down 19 points. Just a, a huge, huge victory in the end for Memphis to get um, to get there on the road. They had that letdown the other day against Portland, but just a massive bounce-back performance to get this win in overtime against the Golden State Warriors, who were undefeated prior to this game. Ja Morant was unbelievable again. 42 minutes, 30 points. Two threes, seven rebounds, five assists, and four steals. Elite efficiency, 50 from the field, 100% from the line. His percentages have gone through the roof from where they were last season, and that is, of course, a large part between where uh, reason behind why he has jumped up as high as he, as he has in the fantasy rankings, just really taking off. Only 21 minutes for Steven Adams. 
12 and 7 with two steals and a block. They were just playing better with Jaron Jackson at center and Kyle Anderson at the four. This was the worry that I had with Adams before the preseason. I went, all right, they'll probably play more of Jackson. They've got Clark. They play Anderson at the four. And they just didn't do it until now. Let's. The numbers are still fine for Adams, but 21 minutes is a worry. So let's just see where this goes. Another stinker of a night from De'Anthony Melton shooting the ball, but everything else was great. Seven points, but six boards, three assists, four steals, and three blocks. Earlier in the year... His offense was out of control, and he had no defense, and now the defense is coming in. He remains a must-roster player. Desmond Bain, another must-roster guy, 19 points with five threes and six rebounds. Yes, Dylan Brooks will come in and screw this up, but we don't know how yet, so you just have those guys, and then we adjust later on. Anderson played 29 minutes. Eight and nine is all right. Two blocks, including one really big one late. Um, I still don't think that he's a 12-team league player. Well, Jaron Jackson did have some foul problems, but played 32 minutes in the end. 15 and 8, 3 threes, a steal and a block. I think he's still a buy low guy because the shooting has been off for him. And they also interestingly played Xavier Tillman, the cashier, over Brandon Clark. Those two have sort of been going back and forth. For the Warriors, it was really Steph and not much else. 36, 7 and 8 with 7 triples for Curry. But Draymond, again, one of those guys who like Melton at the start of the year, go, where's the defense? Well, it was here. 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 steals, and 5 blocks. Only four points, but everything else was great. While Damian Lee closed the game over Jordan Poole again. He's had double digits every game in scoring. 14 points, four threes, six rebounds for Lee. Not much else. I like him as a 14-team league guy, not necessarily a 12. I am holding on to Jordan Poole. It wasn't a good night for him. Nine points in 24 minutes with no threes, but I am going to hold. Nemanja Bielitz is a drop. Obviously, he's been a drop since game one. I didn't even think he was a strong out at game one. Well, Wiggins had 16 and four with a triple one, and Otto Porter, eight points with two triples. Iguodala played 25 minutes in this game. Kaminga and uh, Moody aren't going to play for this team very much at all, and I'm not sh- I'm not sure how much Wiseman's going to play. Maybe he does. Maybe they start him over Looney because Looney's barely playing, but I'm not sure where Wiseman's going to fit in here. I wouldn't be thinking that Wiseman is some sort of supreme stash sort of player. Maybe he is. I just don't I don't think that's going to be the case. Let's look at the top players from today from um, a category perspective. Um, Steph Curry, number one. Harrell was two. Ja Morant, three. Embiid at four. Maxi Kleber, five. DeJounte Murray, six. Johnny Collins, the Baptist, at seven. Draymond at eight. Nikola Vucevic at nine. And Brad Beal. Brad Beal? Why did I write it that way? Anyway, Brad Beal at number 10. These guys rostered in under 50% of leagues. Kleber, um, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He was really good today, KCP. Just a 14-team streamer. Brunson's a 12-teamer. Dorian Finney-Smith is a great streamer. Bryn Forbes, Shake Milton, Killian Hayes showed something, but only deep league still. Damian Lee, as I just said, 14-teamers. Taj Gibson blocked a lot of shots. And then Royce O'Neal at number 10 on that list. And then for points leagues, your top 10 was Harrell, Embiid, Curry, Morant, Beal, Murray, DeJounte Murray, Kleber, Draymond, John Collins, and Julius Randle. That will do it for another week of recap shows. I'll do some shows across the weekend, but not the recap shows. You know that I, I do need some time because these shows don't just, it's not just Josh, come and talk about the game. It takes a lot of prep and a lot of time and you've got to be home at certain areas to do it. So that's why I don't do them. So I need some time off over the weekend. I still write recaps over on Basketball Monster, so you can check out my thoughts on players over there. Guys, Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Give it a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave your comments down below. Drop your other Watfo down there as well. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.